You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover Magic, the Gathering Finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabalcast. And this week, we're covering something that's kind of been a hot topic lately in the TCG sphere, uh, specifically with TCG Player. Yes. And that is that Chetty, after a long time of being obviously the founder and a long time of being the CEO of TCG Player, he has finally decided to leave. Uh, a lot of people think that this is really bad for TCG Player. A lot of people think this is really good. Uh, we're basically both going to give our opinions here. Do we think this is good or bad? Do we think this is status quo? What really changes, if anything? Yeah. So with that, let's get it taken away. So this is something I touched on a couple months ago when I discussed the parallels between what happens when a larger tech company comes in, in this instance eBay, and buys out a smaller company, in this instance TCG Player, and the parallels between what I saw at my job and what we would see at TCG Player. And this is the script. This is basically the last step in the organizational mending and it is kind of out with the old and in with the old they yeah. are getting rid of uh chetty not because they see that he might not be fit for one reason or another but because now the organization is owned by ebay and you can't have two ceos moreover he might have been extended a contract to work somewhere else within the organization and decided to turn it down there are levels to this that we don't know but there's nothing for this that isn't really par for the course yep. in some instances that ceo may remain uh, they might actually extend them a comparable title for that organization depending on how things are structured it doesn't happen all the time but you will see that and that usually comes when that CEO is one, great in the realm, and two, has offered uh, the community and the organization a great experience, which I believe is something we both will talk about when it comes to Chetty. Yeah. So for me, par for the course, as expected, this is just, this isn't even a blip. This is just, yep. This is what happens. Here we are. And, you know, the, the thing that really strikes me is obviously, you know, any corporate merger, the old CEO is going to stick around for three to six months, mm -hmm. make sure that the transition is handled smoothly with whoever's going to cover his position when they look for a new guy. And then he's out. That's just how it happens. Yep. There's going to be an NDA. There's going to be an exit contract. There's going to be a non-compete. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. But this is just par for the course. Now, I will say I think it is kind of convenient timing and that this comes on the heels of all the TCG player union busting complaints. Yes, yeah. Uh, which may have actually aided in his departure being faster because eBay actually has a fairly good, like, workman's rights record. Um, but I, the, the main thing is, you know, the, the announcement. Sorry, we'll, we'll start with that. Uh, you know, dear valued customer is a trusted customer. I'm writing today with an update. Happily poured my life into building TCG Player over the last 25 years. It's had an incredible impact on the local brick-and-mortar stores and the broader collectibles community. Today, I've made the decision that I'm stepping down. And he basically goes on to say, oh, I'm going to spend time with myself. Uh, here's all these labor awards we've got about being a best workplace for women, best workplace in Syracuse, our team of 600. Uh, but really, 
the important things that he oversaw at TCG Player that are important is obviously the creation of TCG Player, mm -hmm. uh, the creation of the direct program, and the creation of the SYP program, which, interestingly enough, if any of our listeners are SYP, there was a suspension of SYP service while all the union stuff was going on. Don't know if it's related legitimately. It mm -hmm. may have been something else, but that did happen. So he obviously saw a lot of success there because for those of you that grew up in the dark ages of magic, it was Star City, Card Kingdom, Gathering Ground, or Bust. And that was it. Okay. That was all you had. TCG player enabled backpackers, brick and mortar, everyone to sell their cards, which is obviously a good thing. Uh, now, that said, eBay, courtesy of people like Dan Bach, formerly of TCG player, obviously had a big role in TCGs during that time as well, uh, which is important because when he mentions Gene Cook, who is now eBay's VP of collectibles, mm -hmm. he literally does have decades of experience in this category because he was one of the people that got eBay to start doing collectibles way back in the day. Well, maybe not way back in the day, but in the early aughts. Yeah, 2009 when he came on board for the first time. Yep. Uh, and that those halcyon days of Legacy Grand Prix. God, those were Rest great. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. But uh, notably, Gene Cook oversaw some changes in eBay as well. Obviously, the expansion of the collectibles market. Uh, different fee structures as it pertains to collectibles compared to the rest of the website. Uh, for those of you that don't run the troll and toad model of selling literally everything on eBay, different categories do have different fee structures depending on what they are. Uh, one of the other important things that he's kind of been involved with uh, was basically, you know, getting this eBay partnership with CGC, CSG, PSA going. Uh, all of these are good values for the hobby, I think. Uh, now, granted, for now, nobody's paying the fees on those authentication services. You're just losing time. Someone will be asked to come home to collect for that one day, and it's probably going to be the sellers because it's just how it is. Mm -hmm. We, as the sellers, always get always the short do. end of the stick. Uh, one of the interesting things about Gene, though, and this is something you actually found, was his involvement with the Mint Collective. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Mint Collective, which is now powered by eBay, is basically a bunch of people that are trying to get to like the next level of tech in the collectible sphere. Uh, now, it's really just a big self-congratulatory pat on the back gala in Las Vegas every year because I am a firm believer that no useful conferences are ever had in Las Vegas. No, never. You're not there to do anything. You're just not. I mean, you are, but it's not what you're supposed to be there to do. Yeah, it, it's not to play in the Grand Prix. It's not to go to this convention. You're gambling and going to strip clubs and banging hookers and doing blow. That's just how it is. That's, that's a weekend. Yeah. Um, now, he has a couple of speaking panels here, and the notable thing about this is all of your panels are like people like him, Gary V, Logan, like people like that. That's just, okay, here's a bunch of people who are personalities in the industry who may or may not have ever actually existed in any level but where they're at now in the industry giving their opinions. Uh, but this is important because, guess what? Those people have clout. And when people talk, or when they talk, people listen. So I think the really important thing here is, you know, as you said, this is just business as usual. This doesn't change anything for TCG player, except for maybe making the unionization stuff 
actually a little bit easier. Is that correct? I would guess so, based on the fact that like eBay has that the the policy. Uh, I thought I copied it uh, of just saying like, yeah, you have absolutely every right to unionize. Go for it. And TCG players seem to dig their heels in and say, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, they actually, there's a filing they did in February where they said our business is primarily non-unionized, but we do have work councils outside the U.S., which is basically what they call unions outside of the U.S. Um, so I, I think this is good in addition to just really, like, their labor rights record is a little bit better than TCG's was. And I don't know if that's from, like, a Silicon Valley influence or just not being shitbags. No offense, Chetty. Uh, but that seems to make it a little bit easier to me. Yep. Um, I think it's better for the players. And I think that if you look historically at eBay, uh, I mean, they've been in terms of e-commerce, probably on the cutting edge of the category forever. Yeah. Despite the constant back and forth with PayPal, whatever. Yeah. uh, That's neither here nor there. Everybody else is trying to be another eBay and they're doing it in their own unique ways but they're not as convenient not as large not as accessible etc as ebay overall i think it's a it's a fine move to put gene cook on top of tcg player one of the things that i found constantly while searching was not actually what gene is necessarily there to do but what gene wants to do with the entire category and it Every interview that you can find, every blurb that he wrote, which is not many, centers around the idea of community mm-hmm. and bringing sellers and vendors together in a meaningful way. And those are very specific words that Gene continues to use in all of this marketing and all of this copy. And I don't know exactly what that means, but gene is out there when he first came back in october 2022 his first week was spent at new york comic-con looking for ebay vendors and talking with anybody that would listen essentially either vendor or uh consumer consumer of products on ebay trying to get a handle on what the collectibles market currently look like and it seems like gene is looking to go both wide and tall in this vertical and create a space that's more friendly than TCG player was. And when you sit down to consider, well, was TCG player friendly at all to anyone? The answer is pretty much no on both sides of the coin. The sellers ate their asses and fees. If you weren't direct, it was a real struggle. Yeah. If you were using the, not sell your product, but sort your product. I believe that's what just got halted because yes. they're inundated, not SYP, which is just the Amazon direct model or Amazon Prime yeah. model. And the the backend struggles using their technology just elicited day after day that Simpsons meme of, come on, Bart, say it. TCG <laughs> Player is a technology company. Like, constant struggles. It was just never a well-flushed-out software company. Yeah. Then they buy Binder POS, roll that in. Well, as part of the Channel Fireball merger, try and pick up some new tech. Okay, so not necessarily going the way you needed to. Fees are still ridiculous for people. At any point in time, does this help the buyer? 
No, not really, and there are a number of ways the TCG player continues to fail the buyer. Things have to be marked as shipped within 14 days. So if yep. you need a card for an event in 15 days, GFL, you don't know if you're going to get it. Trying to order as many cards as you can on the cheap generally means multiple packages. So again, mistimed cards for events, different shipping fees, different structures, depending yep. on who you're buying from. And it becomes this kind of whack-a-mole game of finding a vendor that you like to do repeat business with. Or you could go to eBay and try the same thing. And I don't know if eBay still does this thing where they weren't selling four of a lot, if they weren't like a hot staple, but it could be the same issue there too. That's a community issue that TCG player just never cared to solve because they were there to collect fees, not actually figure yep. out a business model for anyone. Just put up some guardrails and let people play. What they opened up for the community was anybody can sell and anybody can buy. That was it. The Ion, not a great community tool. Their kiosk, probably the best community tool they created because it allows people to walk into an LGS. And like we talked about a couple episodes ago, just put in your order right there and somebody can turn around and pull it. Super easy. That's probably the best thing they did for the community. Can eBay do something like that? Absolutely. Now that they own the entire tech stack and all yep. the hardware, yeah, they can keep running it. But now they can also plug it into sports card shops if they want to do work like that. You have a lot of serialized cards that way. It's not yep. the worst thing in the world to try and barcode some of that stuff. You have the ability to roll that into, uh, I don't like hobby shops, but I don't mean like I'm going to go buy a balsa wood plane to build with my kid. I mean like I'm looking yeah. for like a 1 16th scale die cast model car kind of hobby shop yeah. like that kind of place which is part of the ebay's collectibles side of things uh gene cook talks about um art deco pieces yeah sure that's yep. absolutely a collectible this extends into really unique and interesting pieces and unique and interesting facets and so building out the tech stack to to work for all of this seems like it's going to serve the community a lot better than just building like the least flimsy version of a tech stack and then just plugging more games onto it and then a comic yep. book and then it all topples basically remember when pops were on there they still are they still are the but they'll be in a a, uh, a landfill near you soon yep <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i think his focus is really good you know say what you will about oh it's for the community blah 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 i generally believe that's just kool-aid um you know until you're i gonna... know what he's doing that's the only like yeah um, but no, I, I think this is overall very positive for the community. I don't think this really changes anything. Uh, I think the status quo with TCG player was working, but it could vastly be improved upon. Oh yeah, 100%. And TCG didn't really have a reason to improve upon it. No. So. They were the biggest name in the space. One of the things that I tried to find was the timelines for Q end of Q3, beginning of Q4 2022 to see when a lot of this happened. Like I said, Gene Cook comes back like the first week of October, prior to October 5th. The merger with TCG Player is announced in August, finalized in October. So Gene Cook is at least there by signing yeah. for a smidge of time before that happens. And the eBay vault is announced in June. So Gene Cook is there in October. Two months before that is the announcement of the, the merger. Two months before that is the announcement of eBay Vault. And I find it really serendipitous 
if Gene just happens to come back after all that set was set up. Right. As if nobody was like grooming him to come back to take this position from yeah. whatever he was doing at Meta. And well, it's like when we talked about the Binder POS acquisition being clearly part of the eBay purchase. That oh, stuff yeah, doesn't yeah. happen without you knowing. You know, it's not like it happens overnight. He was exactly. You know. Yeah, it could have been could outside counsel, outside guidance. He could have been doing it in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, yeah, a lot of what you talked about and a lot of seeing this and reading through, like, again, the very small number of blurbs that Gene's put out, it's very hard to believe that he wasn't some kind of invisible hand as Behind this, this. Yeah, yeah, as this goes on. And it all just kind of culminates in a, a unique and interesting hire. One of the things that looms for me behind this is the the entire TCG category, or maybe Magic and Pokemon, was being foot by Troll and Toad. That yeah. was their domain for a very long time. And very long time early on. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if they're still kind of ruling the roost, and if they are, what happens? And not to say, like, yeah. oh, it's going to be bad for them, but, like, how are you, are you going to lean on large entities to kind of fill the void and jumpstart things or are you going to go back to like the traditional ebay model of everybody can buy and everybody can sell yeah. how is this go this category going to be handled in the future and i'm very curious to see how that works out i know some people have been saying that like to make sure your stuff is auctioned properly and you don't get dunked on by the eBay yep. back end, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through to make sure all your listing categories and descriptions are correct. Collectibles are very specific, blah, blah, blah. And yep. maybe that loosens up a little bit. Uh, when I was reselling some of the, the the figures that I was buying as I was like upgrading uh, to like MIB stuff, like selling a collectible like that was wicked easy you just typed in what you're searching for in teenage 1987 mutant. shredder yeah, exactly. inbox yeah. well not even that you would just type in like teenage mutant ninja turtles and then it would say okay cool what year you pick yeah. your year and then like everything else popped goes in. from I, there yeah yeah i didn't have the same kind of experience i did some magic card stuff on there as well it's also again very easy a lot of those hoops didn't exist yet yeah so it sounds like there was a tailored experience. It became a pain in the ass, and maybe they'll back some of that down. Maybe that's part of the community outreach he's trying to do, figure out, like, what are the hurdles? What makes this difficult? How do we get more people on our platform? How do we integrate better with the LG, or not the LGS, because, you know, sports cards aren't games, but, you know, hot. The LCS, I guess. Sure, yeah. Yeah. How do we better integrate overall? And if he's going to be out here pressing the flesh like he seems to be, that definitely seems like somebody who's going to be more engaged with that one word he keeps using, which is community. And that's all I can hope for. eBay as a platform for me as both a buyer and a seller fell away a very long time ago. Yeah. And I, I will say it's interesting because the things that eBay has kind of fallen away from, like you mentioned, the toys and like TCGs and stuff like that, those filters are gone, but they're still there for sports cards. Mm -hmm. And for other areas of collectibles. So I'm curious to see if what they're going to do is try to, like, integrate some of the TCG player filters or try yeah. to get some of those, like, categories and other collectibles onto TCG player. Yeah. And just have a dedicated collectibles platform separate from the eBay website. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know why oh, yeah. they would do that unless they wanted to tailor it to the community. Yeah. 
I mean, there's also the the brand experience. This is what people are are known f- not known for. This is what people are used to yeah. doing. This is where they go. This is the experience they're looking for. We can slowly upgrade them over time and push them somewhere else. But for the in the interim, we can just leave everything where it is and either build out our un- own solution or just make this one more robust. Like I we talked about in that the the episode series a couple months back for like tech integration one of the things i would expect is that not only did it, would we see chetty's departure but we would see a lot of the tech resources also start to move yep move yep. out in time once you know this the the architects and the peos are done explaining the platform yep. and what they're doing ebay can just kind of come through and bulldoze the whatever job software tech they want to because yep. we've cannibalized all the good but good bits and the rest can go away yeah all we need is the domain knowledge we don't need all the worker bees and and from there that happens so we might see some interesting changes over time to the tcg player platform it's not like they fucking announced anything anyway when they changed stuff like they didn't announce when they swapped over from whatever it is to uh, the react framework but i like anybody who's dealt with that could tell you that's what happened there was no announcement so it could just be another quiet update yeah. And that would be on eBay, building out that tech stack, making things better for the community on the whole. It could even be little things like that. Could be. I don't know. I am excited. And overall, I think it's a good thing. You know, Like we said up top, this is just kind of business as usual. And now we have to cut our way through all the business jargon and figure out what the hell yeah. is going to happen with this, with this platform. Yeah. And I, I think it's something that you'll start to see like about a year from now. Uh, I, I think they're not going to lay people off this quickly because of the unionization and they don't want to come off that way. Uh, also, integrating eBay, at least looking from the front end of both platforms, yeah. may be kind of difficult. I don't think this is something they're going to rush. But in about a year, there's gonna, I would think there would be drastic changes to both. Yeah, one of the things I was wondering was I knew about the vault, but I don't know how anything else works in eBay and if there are a lot of – if eBay has their own warehouses. So it could also be that the TCG warehouse model could – foster further well, warehouse it, models or yeah, be the, a, a testing ground yeah yeah the ebay model was kind of taken from pwcc where it's like here's your vault you don't actually see the cards you own but they're in this vault here you can request to see them and we'll send you pictures or you can request to have them in your hand and we'll ship them to you uh, but the reason they did it was because pwcc had the vault where you would buy a card and then three months later if it spiked you would sell it without ever owning it yeah yeah, yeah. or holding it and that's kind of been their thing now, what I think the option this kind of opens, which you know you touched on, is using that TCG player warehouse model where, hey, um, if you're an eBay store and you do X amount of business a year, we'll store your shit. You send your shit to us. Take all your shit. Put it in a bag. Pack it up. Get your shit. Yeah. Get your shit. Put your shit in the bag. Uh, and take it and then ship it out from there. Now, if that becomes a thing overall for eBay, I think that'll be very interesting. I don't know that we'll see it. But we might. No, uh, uh, the, the it's a it's a good point because a lot of those individual elements that Gene Cook mentions in some of his interviews are smaller pieces that can be stored at a warehouse. That's so like not Art Deco, obviously, because like yeah. art and the insurance on art and everything else. Wow. Okay. Not cars, collectible yeah. cars you're selling on eBay, nothing like that. Yep, yeah, but smaller pieces like 
video hand, games. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. Hand in hand with TCGs and sports cards, generally go video games. So like, mm-hmm. you can build out your warehouse model like that. So that could also be part of what he's here to do: is experiment with the warehouse model, get it to a point where it works. It works reliably. Reliably, people are happy with it on both ends, and then yeah, just start running it across the rest of the collectibles category. And so there's a lot of what a lot of that is going to happen and. For me, the most disappointing part of trying to get ready for this episode is trying to figure out for the last five months what this human being has been doing yeah, at eBay. just sitting there. Because not a lot of this is coming forth. There's not a lot of forward momentum on this, but just because we're not seeing it doesn't mean it's there. There's still a lot of administrative issues that have to be sorted out, a lot of bureaucracy with the TCG player stuff, and the, all that happened within a quarter. From the yep. vault announcement to the TCG player merger announcement to the f- the final acquisition and stepping down to Chetty, like, yep. we're, this is it. It was all within like a quarter, uh, two now that Chetty's left, like way too fast for that stuff to happen. Exactly for a lot for a lot of this other stuff to go on. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I don't expect a rocky road, but I do expect enough changes for people to go like, hey, wait a minute, what happened? Something's different. Um, also, whatever the hell is going to happen with Binder POS versus the TCG player? Man, Binder uh, POS is just so much better. I really, really hope that they convert over to Binder POS for everything. It's yeah. so good. Because those still those two products still exist, right? You can still have a TCG player website. Yeah. yeah. So that'll, yep. that'll be fun. Maybe, maybe eBay will buy Square or Squarespace, whatever it is. And then yeah. <laughs> roll, roll it all together. And then we'll be serving our eBay and Amazon overlords. Heck yes. Well, not really, but you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. You good for picks? I am ready for picks. I'm going first this week because you went last week. That is correct. uh, Mine's going to be short and sweet. Do you know that Wasteland hit its all-time low on March 5th of this year? That was 24 days ago. That's insane. This is a pillar card. This is a pillar of every format it's legal in. As a four of, as a one of, whatever. This card is liquid gold. This is, to me, and always has been, the same thing as a fetch land. Uh, Because people need this card. They want this card. EDH players love this card. Uh, It's not as oppressive as strip mines, so you avoid some of that stigma around the Crucible Wasteland lock. Um, It's obviously a legacy staple. It's obviously a vintage staple. It may even make its way into modern one day. I know the box toppers are not modern legal, but card's good. Um, I think, you know, if I could get in on fetch lands at their all-time low, I absolutely would have. There's no way I wouldn't have. Yep. Uh, anytime you have the opportunity to get onto something like this that is at its all-time low, you should. Uh, also, for those of you that are following along, the Eternal Masters hit its all-time low at March 11th of this year, which was 18 days ago as of this recording. Uh, Both of these, quantity-wise, you can go anywhere from one to multiples of four or five. Hell, you can even go multiples of two and three because there's some legacy decks that do only run two or three. three. And that's fine. There is no wrong quantity for this card. Uh, This is also the kind of card that, as of right now, unless it gets reprinted in a modern set or into modern... I don't see when our next reprint would be outside of like an expedition type treatment or a judge promo yeah. or 
the glorious MPR printing. Best. Objectively, you can disagree. You're wrong. Um, but I don't think there's a lot of reprint risk here. And it is something that since the creation of EDH has been a pillar of the format. Since the creation of Legacy. Since the creation of Vintage. when Well, since it was in Vintage and Legacy, I should say. It has been a pillar of the format. Hell, it was a pillar of uh, Extended yep. when that was around. This card is just too good to not pick up now. Uh, as far as timeline, we're already on a little bit of an upward trajectory here. So at all-time low, uh, which was March 11th on Eternal Masters, market was 24, low was 18. We're trickling back up to 20 already. Same with the Tempest one. was down to 28. We're already trickling, or sorry, it was down to 18. We are back up to 22. Now, the reason I specifically am picking the Tempest one is because, well, I prefer Old Border because I'm a boomer. Sue me. Uh, it's also an art that has not been reused outside of the Magic Player rewards, whereas all of the other ones basically have a unique art. Uh, you know, we are getting, obviously, there was a Secret Lair version of this, so we could see another Secret Lair version, but that's one of those special reprint treatments that doesn't necessarily have a huge impact on the price. Yeah. Because it's not like it's a mass print run set. Now, sorry, got distracted. Back to timeline. We're already on an upward trajectory. Now, what I would expect is if you were to see some type of organized play, say Eternal Weekend comes back again without a last minute announcement that we're going to be doing it in person. Card sees a surge. Mm -hmm. These cards also might dip or might go up a little bit now that tax returns are coming in hot. Uh, We've got large events happening. Star City's up to something with Legacy, and we know that uh, because of their buy list wow. on all of the reserve list staples that are big in Legacy. Uh, if they announce anything involving that, this card is going to be very in demand. I'd be looking at at least probably realistically, I mean, you may be looking at six months to a year. But this is the kind of card that no matter the reprint, no matter, it's going to hold its value, it's going to hold its liquidity, it's going to be desirable. It's something that you could even just get like three to six of, throw it in a trade binder, and let it ride out as yeah. you go. Doesn't really have a downside, and the fact that you can get something that is such a pillar of a format just off its all-time low, not only that, but the format one of those formats that it's a pillar of is the format that Wizards seems to be insistent on emphasizing in Commander, EDH, whatever you want to call it. I think this card is great. It's a really good look. It's one of those market trends that you may have missed. But when you miss stuff like that, sometimes you can miss the opportunity to make money. So I just wanted to point this one out because I think this is as close to a sure thing as you can possibly get. Yep. I don't think there's a wrong Commander group to serve this card to from your binder uh, yeah so yeah just letting it ride out is definitely a way to go with this if you want to look to buy a list that's not a bad option um, as well there there's no version of wasteless sorry wasteless wasteland on the ck buy list that is below like their nominal value of like 50 or 55 percent they're all 55 to 65 yep. so we are seeing some demand from vendors as well so like you said pick them up you have a longer timeline for it than you might think at like six months which is good if your commander group isn't like 
or the commander players you're serving aren't quite into land destruction like this, that could make it a little bit of a longer hold, but I think it's just fine bait as well, because you're not really seeing it pop up that often in binders either. It is a little yeah. rarer now. And so I think it's just a fine a fine look overall to pick up and hold on to if whether you decide to play it or not. This and especially if you're going to be playing it, then yeah, buying in at the low is definitely where you want to be. It's also speaking of buy list, the kind of thing that just never isn't on buy lists. Yeah, people will it, always it, pick it, it is up. always liquid. It will always be, look, I fucked up, I need the money now, I'm overcommitted, over leveraged, whatever. You can guarantee buy list it to someone. Yep. Your LGS always needs this card just as much as the big guys. Yep, absolutely. The The only thing I want to point out before I take over for picks, and I just learned this today on the receivables. So if we take a look at the Secret Layer Land series for, or sorry, just Secret Layer series for this art, the Wasteland is destroying Library of Alexandria. Now, these two cards didn't really coexist at the same time. What this... What I found out was that Strip Mine was, in fact, the answer to Library of Alexandria. Yep. Printed explicitly for that purpose. That is what it was. And you could run for Strip Mine until Wasteland was printed, and then Strip Mine was restricted. Yep. But there is no job for Wasteland to do in that regard anymore. You you had the Tron to break up, and that was about it, because all, the best thing you could be doing with Tron was basically casting uh, Triskelion, Trash Can yep. Man. And so I find it really funny now, ironic, that Library is on this Wasteland art when it was, in fact, Strip Mine that was built for the that job. That was the natural predator. Yep. Yeah. Like, you've got one job, then this is it. And then everybody realized shortly thereafter that Strip Mine did a lot of jobs. and uh, Wasteland did one. Yes. Needed to be fixed. For me, this week for picks, I'm sticking with the Wrath idea that i started with last week and we are looking at farewell this week as love opposed, that card yeah it is very good as opposed to dam so if we take a look at the stock of farewell we can see that it's this neat little stepwise graph that just plateaus every now and again but always finds a new higher floor and for farewell we're looking at a sorcery that costs four and double white and you get to choose one or more of the following four modes exile all artifacts exile all creatures exile all enchantments and exile all graveyards and if these sound familiar it's because these are basically the same modes that are on both Acroma's vengeance and austere command and merciless eviction yep with the kicker of exile all graveyards on farewell which i don't believe eviction had i don't think it did i will check while you continue okay. now i've had farewell on my list for a about three months now. CK was buying 76 at $4. There were 224 on TCG Player at 9.95. CK, and when I was taking my notes, was buying 69 at 650. Nice. nice. They are now buying 66 at seven, and there are 249 listings on TCG Player at 11.53. So we've basically seen everything go up that we want to go up. And when we look at farewell, where does it sit in the format? And the answer is. Yes, but in white. Right? Yep. Last week, Dam was just yes. Now we're yes in white. Yep. So, now, similar to Dam, Farewell is in the top sorceries on Wreck for the past two weeks, two months, and two years. Though, instead of being just outside the top 10 like Dam was, it's just outside the top 20. 
I believe it's the mana value difference that is the primary driver in this. Six is a lot more compared to four, especially when you yeah. have a number of four and five mana value mono white wrath effects. So yeah. we're not looking at the premier creature wrath, but the premier modal wrath. A steer command can eat farewells shorts, and a chroma's vengeance is so far in the rear view, it's barely a blip. So you got something to say about austere command or vengeance? Uh, it's vengeance, man. It was great. Starfoil oh. loved it. I, Astral slide? Come on. Oh yeah, I was gonna say hundred percent. Hundred percent. Vengeance definitely has a place, but it is not in an EDH deck alongside farewell. Sadly. No. So where would I expect this to see play? Well, exactly where it is according to Rec. Decks playing white that want to play a more protracted game. You might be looking yep. to quote wrath the board and take over that same turn or the next, but your setup takes a bit of time and you need to control not just for creatures but also enchantments, artifacts, and graveyards to ensure you're out to victory in the mid to late game. So what do you do? You look to farewell. You can also look to austere command and vengeance in these like mid to late game spots, but farewell is the first one of those three that you're going to actually be looking at. Yep. From a timeline standpoint, when we check the stocks graph, like we saw before, we have seen two price plateaus into a spike, and I believe we're currently in the third plateau, meaning we might see a spike in the next yep. two or so months. Based on sales velocity alone, though, I would expect this to happen a little further out, maybe four to six months as individual players move their copies to TCG Player to make a bit of cash, and that'll float, float both the quantity and the price. If we were to buy in now, I would expect to be able to turn this around for profit at about the three-month mark, and I wouldn't worry about any kind of price drops as Neo rotates out in 2023 Q4. Yeah. So so that would be basically uh, turning it back into market via trade or TCG player. We'll be able to make a little bit of coin there. If I were looking to move this to buy list, I'd be looking at that four or so months out, right? Provided that CK can find stock. If they can't, then their price is going to jump faster and shorten the timeline. Yeah. And right now, uh, do I still have it up? I do not. I can pull it up. Um, the their stock numbers for farewell ck stock numbers for farewell because they only had one or two in stock much like damn the week before uh ck currently has zero farewells nothing burger for any version of this card so that might shorten the buy list timeline yeah reprint equity is a little weird standard seems to be the place to iterate on the five and six mana value wrath so i wouldn't expect this to see play again there i really wouldn't expect the reprint they keep riffing but they don't come back to anything yeah. but i would expect this is to see this replace a card like a chroma's vengeance in commander products in time i don't yep. think we've seen vengeance for some time so if they ever decide to go back to this like this is the one yeah this large scope wrath this is the one um, Vengeance seems to catch a reprint in supplementals once every two or so years, but I think we're on the, we're right about three. And if this replacement happens, I don't think it'll stifle demand at all. So yeah. we're about three years off from the last Vengeance reprint. And it could be that they just wanted to keep fiddle farting around and making a wrath like every year in standard. It costs dirt, so why reprint Vengeance? You know, you don't have to. Well, we are three years from the last wrath reprint, but you know what came out two years after the last wrath reprint? Not Farewell. Yep, there you go. But we've also had uh, we've had the Black Wraths in standard, Fair, yeah. Um, not merciless eviction, the one the one from Ikoria that does odds evens, yeah. Right, 
we've got stuff like that. But yeah, we, it's been a minute since we've had like end hostilities or something else. A big white wipe like this. Yeah. yeah. That isn't um, not planar rebirth. Oof. What's the white one that costs like six that just mercs everything planar cleansing Plan planar cleansing we get that one in a core set every now and again and people forget about it because it's miserable yeah. to cast in standard it's so bad yeah. yeah by quantity um i honestly have bought every copy of this card that i find at my lgs so i've got about two play sets i would have preferred to have been able to pick up closer to 24 of these total so to do that i'll be picking up the additional four sets shortly from the open market i honestly don't think there's a ceiling for buying into this card i because the demand will never cease um, yeah. Locally, I think these are easy moves because Wraths are fairly palatable. You know, people cannot can win shortly thereafter. Wraths aren't Cyclonic Rifts, so people aren't too irked when the follow-up play is pass, yeah. as opposed to Sorcery Speed Cyclonic Rift. And there's just not a dearth of these available, it seems, in a lot no. of playgroups. Not just because of people like me who buy every one the store has, because I wasn't just like, oh, give me the entire stack. No, it's like, one's in the case. It's been there for a couple of weeks. I'll buy it. All right, same thing, same thing, same thing. So somebody's yeah. selling farewell at my Somebody LGS. Can. Yeah, they're not trading them, and I'm buying them. In time, those people will be <laughs> buying from me. Buying farewells again. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So right now, it's weird. It's like there's not quite a dearth out there in the, in the general public, at least from what I'm seeing. And sales velo kind of shows that as well. It's not moving terribly much. We're seeing like I think twenty some copies a day. Not a lot, like we see with some other cards. So I would expect that you know you can pick this up. You can move some locally. So you'll be able to hit the black probably pretty quickly. And then yeah. from there, it's just like you like to say, put them in a box, put them in a corner, and in a couple of months, take them back them out. Up. Yeah, when they're like fifteen plus, because I don't think this stops. No, it's just too good. Big dumb EDH cards are always a good bet. That's Go something we always harp on. As long as they actually have evidence that there is a home and it's not echo chambery. You are Be uh, smarter, guys. Yeah. What is didn't Merciless He's... Eviction get to like fifty so, plus? I think so. Merciless Eviction also uh does not hit graveyards. It no. can hit planeswalkers. And it is only choose one. Exile all artifacts, or exile all creatures, or exile all enchantments, or exile all planeswalkers. Choose one. Oh no, it, it flashed up to like. Oh, like five-ish. Yeah, five yeah. from nothing. Four, it was five, like yeah. yeah, this is like under a dollar for I don't even know. Jeez. Ever and then became a five dollar card. Yeah, then yeah. a five dollar card. Then it gets reprinted once and it's back into the ground. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll do it. But yeah. And double masters. Yeah, Oof. I think we've been. I've been sitting on putting farewell on my list for a little too long and so we definitely have missed some of the obvious uh buying points but i think we're in a safe space now to do it i think the history based on the plateau happening right before a spike the plateau is always good yep yeah market but, behaves the way it does in the past evidence that it's going to behave that way in the future absolutely and i think the i did bring up the point about like i think we're, we're insulated from the the 2023 q4 rotation yep because this is one of those cards that, when it came out, was priced correctly for EDH. Yeah. And it's just demand that pushes it up, just like Panharmonicon, just like Paradox Engine, yep. Go Oathbreaker. All those. Yeah, yeah. all those. These, oh. these were all priced correctly to start, and we're seeing the appropriate movements over time. And it's not like standard players are going to be dumping their farewells and tank the market at the yeah. uh, at the end of the year. I think we're just safe to ride this out. So that's where I am for this week. Solid. I approve. All right. 
Anything else before we cut out? Nope, I'm good. All right, so for at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube, I am at Halt, I am Reptar, you are... At Thirsty Sizzler. And we'll see you next week.